Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Lions, an oral history of the ongoing mission by the musical collective known as My Soul Among Lions to put all 150 psalms from the Bible to music, which is divided into bite-sized bi-weekly chunks. So hello again, it's been two weeks and we are doing our third episode, going to talk about another version of Psalm 1 that My Soul Among Lions produced. I am Nathan Emerson, your humble and obedient host, creative director for Warhorn Media, where My Soul Among Lions makes their home. Also a lyricist and contributor to the project. Got Pastor Jake Menzel, lyricist, contributor, CEO of Warhorn Media. How are we doing, Jake? Good. How are you, Nathan? I'm doing fantastic, phenomenal. Couldn't be happier to be here. I love talking about the creative process. It's one of my favorite things to do in life, and that's what we're doing today. And the other gentleman that's joining us as he has for the past few episodes, is Pastor Philip Moyer. Hello. One of the overseers and musical producers of My Soul Among Lions, lyricist, singer, guitarist. Somehow you haven't called me a rejected lyricist. <laughs> rejected <yet. laughs> lyricist. You know what? <laughs> everyone, everyone you on... You have to reject your own lyrics, though, don't you? I don't know. <laughs> I do, yeah. Every, everyone on the project is a rejected lyricist or a rejected melodicist or a rejected something or other because if people don't know that's how the creative process works is you come up with a lot of stuff and you reject a lot of it and especially in these early days with these first psalms that we're starting to talk about we we really did have a lot of people contributing we were having these meetings where people would get together and we'd, we'd talk it through and so a lot of bad ideas came out of that. And a lot of those bad ideas were rejected. But also, you know, 10 good ideas came mm-hmm. or 15 or however mm-hmm. many songs are, are on the album. So and, and there's, you know, there's people that came up with one good idea and 100 bad ones. There's people that came up with 100 good ideas and four or five bad ones. It's just that's the process. Mm-hmm. But we are here specifically to talk about the creative process that resulted in Night and Day, which is the first song on the first My Soul Among Lions album. It's an adaptation of Psalm 1. If you listened last week, previously on Between the Lines, you heard that we actually already had a Psalm 1 in the hopper. Mm -hmm. So what happened to that one? Why didn't we just roll that into the first track of the album? Oh, we could have, but we were, like we said, we were we're trying to create something that is a little more, what, user-friendly, worship-friendly, simple more accessible, and it would have worked fine for that. But, you know, we all set out to write a whole batch of new songs. We wanted to start fresh, and, yeah. and that's what we got. Mm-hmm. We got something really different from the first one. And I, for that reason, I actually, I totally rejected it. I, I wasn't happy with it because I had drawn to love the other version. Right. Yeah, well, I think having the other version allowed this one to become what it was because the other one was, on the one hand, like we talked about uh, last time, musically it was you know, a little more edgy rock and roll, mm-hmm. you know, the, in its original form. Uh, but lyrically, it was just straightforward, line mm-hmm. by line, the psalm almost. Mm-hmm. Right. And so with this one, there's a lot of creative license that was taken. The The simplicity and the straightforward way that the psalm is written was really dressed up poetically. Mm-hmm. And we were very willing early on to play with a, a lot of things like that and take those kinds of risks and try to figure out what what is a good psalm setting? What is it? How does it read? How does it scan? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it needs to bring the text of Scripture to life for people that we're convinced of. But yeah, this took a took a very different direction than that first one. I'm with you, Phil. I wasn't a fan. Yeah, um, I think at the time we had the Summer Psalm mm-hmm. series, right? And so, so our we were, church would sing a psalm and preach on that same psalm yeah. each Sunday. Yeah, and so it was it was an opportunity to debut 
you know, what we had come up with. And we had this goal we had to reach every week, which right. was pretty stressful. So we already had the other Psalm 1, which of course we sang in worship. And then we had this one, which was then our offertory, you right. know, a good opportunity to, yeah. to give something new. And I just, I remember me and Jody, it was just he and myself oh, standing there to, with a mic and maybe him with a guitar. Maybe I had a guitar too. You know, it wasn't the same as what ended up on the album. Right. I was just like, oh, this is really interesting. Interesting melody. You know, it, it had this kind of, uh, what, an Irish... I was listening to this morning. Yeah, it's it's like old fashioned medieval almost. I don't know if there's something about that chord structure that's intrinsically medieval, or or it just it reminds me of like Scarborough Fair and Green Sleeves and those kinds of things. Jody's a broke kind of guy. Yeah, right, right, broke violinist. Yeah, I wasn't making a pun. No, he he studied. He studied broke violin, and he's beautifully baroque. Um, Thank you for clarifying what I was saying. No, he he came to IU to get his PhD in baroque violin performance. Right, Mm -hmm. right. He's got some of that. It's yeah, it's in him. But have this be the the one that debuted the series. To me, I will admit, I was with you guys. It felt a little. It was cool. It was interesting, but it felt a little bit like. Why are we debuting Maxwell's Silver Hammer instead of like, Hey Jude? I, I know we've got Hey Jude. Why don't we? <laughs> it's not. I, I think we all we should say we all like this song. Oh yeah, now yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. But yeah, this this one, uh, at least in my book, has gone from zero to one hundred. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from what I thought of it in the beginning, and, and that's not to say the lyrics weren't great. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that, but just. You know, I judge a lot of things based on music. That's what I've been involved with my whole life. And, you know, to me, it's just like, oh, okay. But when we arranged it, when we put it all together, it was just like, wow, this is just a beautiful song. So I love it. It's one of my favorites now. I mean, early on, it was, hey, I thought our job here was to really make these these songs, these psalms pop for people mm-hmm. and help them really grasp them. And this felt to me like we were covering up the simplicity of hmm. uh, Psalm 1 with this sort of over-poeticized approach. But the great thing about a song is that you get to live with it. And as you live with it, it gets down in you, resonates more and more, it opens up, and right. there are more things to discover about it. And that's, I think, one of the really, real virtues of this song, both in it, the way it's written and lyrically and the way that it's arranged, is there's just a lot that keeps you coming back to it and keeps you interested and gives you a different approach to meditating on the words and sentiments of Psalm 1. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about this. And, and this is a theme I'm sure we'll touch on a lot. But I, w- I would say some of our songs are pretty straight. You, you just call them psalm settings. They are the psalm, basically. You, you, yeah. you, you, could, you could make an argument that they are a version, a translation, if you, if you like, mm-hmm. of the psalm. Some of our songs are very much songs based upon the psalms they are That's right, yeah. they they take creative license they are their own thing nobody would really mistake them for actually being the inspired word of god they um, capture the thrust of them. they capture the thrust i almost think of them as advertisements like if you mm-hmm. like this then right. you should read your bible exactly. it's even better yeah. but we do everything on that spectrum yeah and in, in i think each of us have done or contributed to everything on the spectrum absolutely right? And experimented with both ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about some of our songs that are really just uh, creative, almost flights of fancy. And then we'll talk about some of our songs that are really direct adaptations. This one was one of the first times that we let ourselves, as Jake said, get a little bit more poetic. 
take a little bit more license, build on the psalm. Take more poetic license, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you you just look at, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, to, O happy man that does not walk in paths that wicked men devise, he darkens not the sinner's lair, nor occupies the scoffer's chair. Or, he's like a tree that's planted deep beside the river waters wide, that bears in season its good fruit and keeps its leaves by some good root, that fertile root, the law of God. It's beautiful, but it also, it takes me back in a King James kind of way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe the the structure of how the words fit right. together. It's, it's adding a kind of formal dignity to the psalm that if you just read the psalm in a, in a good modern translation, you wouldn't actually, the psalm is very simple. Mm-hmm. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. The, the its psalm, leaf does not wither. The psalm is just this thing is like this thing, this thing, and it's beautiful. But it's a very Hebrew form of poetry. It's a lot of metaphor, and it's it's not overwrought in its language. And I'm not saying that the song is, but the song is more Baroque. The song it's is, more florid or floral, or I don't yeah, know. It's, yeah. it's something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one thing that I think I didn't realize, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about this as this series goes on, is I, being primarily involved with the lyrical department and with poetry and with writing and all that, and coming from that kind of background... I never thought about how much music made a huge difference in these things, which is just like a duh kind of a thing. (laughs) But it's like sometimes you intentionally write simple lyrics because the music is going to be complicated. Sometimes, like in this case, you have a really beautiful melody that people can keep track of you can get away with some some more florid language mm-hmm. and it is but it's always about the interaction of the two things and you don't have the song until you so you could write the greatest poem in the world right and yeah. if there's not the right melody for it then it's dead you know maybe we yeah, could release a book structure of, prevents you from writing a melody to it at all yeah normally i would say the language you know where we'll run into trouble is the language will be too overwrought and then the music will need the language like sometimes you want to go with a simple phrase or a cliche even, you know, something that in formal poetry you wouldn't like, but it makes a good song. It makes a good popular song, which was, which was a hard lesson for me because I wanted everything to live up to my standards of poetry. And my standards mm-hmm. of poetry are John Donne and William Shakespeare. And right. I mean, not to be a snob, but <laughs> that's the poetry that I've read and liked. And John life. Donne would be very difficult <laughs> to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so just watching the interaction between music and lyrics, realizing that something really simple can make a great chorus if it's got a great melody behind it, or even that something a little bit florid in its poeticism like this can live because of the melody. That was just an interesting lesson for me. And Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'd really learned it by the time we released this song, but Mm -hmm. it's been an ongoing lesson. Uh, Is there anything else you guys want to say about Psalm 1 before we listen to this? Well, I I mean, it's an interesting way to start an album. Yeah. Uh, I know we were wrestling with the issue, like, how are we going to order all these songs? Are we just going to go in numerical order? Because you're going to have problems Mm -hmm. if you do that. And somehow I think it's all worked out fine. We've had three albums, they're in numerical order, and it just works out. But this one is a a really interesting way to start an album. But I think it's great. Uh, That's part of the reason I love it. I mean, just... That opening guitar, ding, 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 and then you have the low uh, upright bass. Mm-hmm. It just draws you in. Well, uh, what it reminds me, I can't think of a specific album that does this, but I know I've listened to a lot of albums that do this where there's almost a prelude, like there's a soft, quiet song yeah. that gets you involved. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of albums will have the first song is like the big hit. It's the statement of intention. This is who we are as right. a band. 
I'd say for us and for a lot of my favorite albums that I can't think of right now, the second song is actually yeah, the statement of intention. Like this is Psalm two. This is who my soul there's, among lions is. This is what you're in for. Yeah, there's often like a, a prelude or an interlude to to start yeah. it out, and and that's actually appropriate, right? You know, here you have you know the Book of Psalms, and and Psalm one really is a prelude to all the psalms, exactly, you know? mm-hmm. and so. It works. Yeah, and, and, and in a way, it actually works nicer than it would have been to have the other version, which would have maybe sounded a little bit more like some of the stuff that we've done done since then. All right, let's listen to Psalm 1, Night and Day. Oh, happy man that does not walk in paths that wicked men devise. He darkens not the sinner's lair, nor occupies the scoffer's chair. For his delight is in God's law, and to it he lifts up his eyes. He meditates upon it night and day. Night and day, both night and
if you like this song and you want to buy it, you can buy it on iTunes or Amazon or Bandcamp all over the place. You can go right now and listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music. If you want charts, lead sheets, it's all available for free at clearnotesongbook.com. And if you want to support this work and get access to great new content as we write and produce new songs, go to patreon.com forward slash MSAL, where you can sign up for as little as a cup of coffee a month. And right now, for the entire month of October, every one-time gift at warwinmedia.com gets you two things. It gets you a download of Tim Bailey's latest book, Church Reformed, in all of its e-text variations. And it gets you the latest full-length album from My Soul Among Lions, Song of the King, Volume 3, Psalms 21 through 30. So if you want all 10 of those Psalms, 21 through 30, and a full-length studio album package right now, a one-time gift in any amount at warhornmedia.com. Go, make it happen.